Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? A couple of you all are doing all right. Glad that you guys are here. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors. Uh, before we get started today, I want to let you know about uh, something that's coming up in two weeks. Everybody say, in two weeks. Okay, that wasn't everybody. I saw some people over here not saying anything. I heard some people over here not saying anything. I don't know how that's possible, but I did. Okay, so everybody say, in two weeks. In two weeks. Okay, I still saw people. If your lips aren't moving, that, there's a good indication that you're probably not saying that. So let's try this again. In two weeks. In two weeks. All right, there we go. In two weeks, we began a brand new series called Family Flings in Relationship Things. In two weeks, we're going to have a little bit of Beyonce, you know, like some of that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, anytime I just hear Beyonce, it just makes me want to do that. I don't know why it is, but uh, we're starting a brand new series called Family Flings and Relationship Things. It's going to be incredible, um, and so there's some invite cards in your worship guide. I encourage you to give those out to your friends and your family. Also, uh, typically every year right around this time, we have kind of a coastal swag weekend where we give away coastal swag, and so normally we don't tell you when that is because we're cheap and we don't want to give away a whole bunch of stuff, but this year we're going to do something different. We're going to tell you what weekend we're going to be giving out. These are actually one of the shirts that we're giving out uh, that's coming up. I've already had a whole bunch of people ask me, how do I get one of those? The way you get one of these is August 23rd, which is two weeks from now, hence the two weeks. Two weeks from now, if you're at church on that Sunday, you get a free t-shirt. No other time. Uh, So if you're not here that Sunday, too bad. Okay, uh, that's just, I'm just straight up on that, but we're excited about it. We got some, uh, I've got some great things planned already. I've, I've already got some creative things that have been going through my mind for this series. It's going to be lots of fun. I love, love, love talking about relationships. It's my favorite subject to talk about, specifically marriage and dating and that kind of stuff. I'm all about that, but we're going to be talking about families as well. And so we're going to talk about parenting. Any parents out there? Yeah, there's, wow, there's a lot of parents in here. Okay, I'm not going to tell you how to parent because I don't have any kids, but we're going to have somebody tell you how to parent that has kids, so it's going to be awesome. Uh, But today, we're in the second week of This Is How We Roll, and this series is all about our values as a church, it's about who we are as a church, and I think it's just good for us to come back, and as we're getting ready to start the the second half of the year, this is what kind of the second half of the year is. As school is getting ready to roll back in in two weeks, every student is like so excited about Any students excited to go back to school? Like two. Any parents excited for students to go back to school? Yeah, like every parent is jacked up right now. They're like, yes, finally get rid of these brats. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you, you know, it's, it's getting to that season, and so it's good for us to refocus. It's good for us to get back into the disciplines of, of life and going to church and all those different things. And so we like to refocus as a church on what is really, really important to us. And so in your outline today, if you walked in and you worship God, while we exist as a church, we exist because we want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience so they can know and so they can follow Jesus. And last week we talked all about following Jesus. And this week I really want to focus in on knowing Jesus. I think knowing Jesus is just such a critical element to our faith. And something that we are committed to as a church and as your pastor, my goal is, is that you know God. And not only do you know God, but you know God's plan for your life. Like, I am committed to helping you that. That is our goal for you. We want you to know that. We want you to understand that. And then eventually we want you to follow that. So it's not just about getting a ticket to heaven, which is great. That's the experience part. We're all about that. But it's about you really knowing God, knowing him in an intimate and real way. And so the problem is, is that I think a lot of us, what we have is we have the hope of 
heaven in our lives. We have the hope of eternity. And we've done a really good job of going, Jesus, I want that part of you. Where we've kind of failed is saying, God, I want the hope of heaven, but yet I don't really want you to be Lord. I don't want you to necessarily be in control of everything in my life. And so we're like, God, I'll I'll receive the end product of eternity with you, but I haven't given you every single aspect of my life. I haven't given you my finances. I haven't given you my work. I haven't given you my relationships. Like those things are still on hold. And I think that there is this, this gap that is right there. And we say, Jesus, I want you as a part of my life. I want you in the car that's taking me to eternity. And maybe you're in the back seat or you're in the trunk, but I really don't want you in control. And see, the problem with that is, is that there's, there's two aspects of your life. I think that there's the current you, which is where you currently are, what your life looks like, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, all those things about where you currently are. And then there is this gap, and over here is the imagined you. This is the the person that you could be. This is who God says that ultimately you can fulfill your purpose and your destiny. These are your dreams. These are your goals. And between the current you and the imagined you, there is this space. And it's hard for us to bridge that gap on our own. And so I think that it's really, really important that we learn how to bridge that gap of the current you to the imagined you. And I think that that really comes from knowing God. And we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6 today. If you want to turn in your Bible there, uh, we're going to be focusing on one verse, Matthew 6, and we're going to get there. And as you're turning there in your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, you can look in your worship God. If you don't have one of those, you can just pay attention to the screen. I want you to think about this. Um, is the following true about your life. Francis Chan wrote this a little while ago, and uh, I just thought it just blew my mind. And being completely honest with yourself, is this true of you? He says this, you passionately love Jesus, but don't really want to be like him. You admire his humility, but you don't want to be that humble. You think it's beautiful that he washed the feet of the disciples, but that's not exactly the direction your life is headed. You're thankful he was spit upon and abused, but you would never let that happen to you. You praise him for loving you enough to suffer during his whole time on earth, but you're going to do everything within your power to make sure you enjoy your time down here. And I kind of just summed it up like this, and I put it in your notes. In short, you think Jesus is a great savior, but you don't think he's a great role model. I mean, isn't that a true statement a lot of time for our lives? Doesn't that just describe us so much that we think that Jesus is this great Savior? Like, we love the life that he lived, but to ask us to live that way and to endure those types of things, that is absolutely crazy. And I think at the core heart of all of this is this simple fact that we have abandoned the one of the most basic and the most fundamental principles of how Jesus lived. And that is we have failed to follow the pattern of his life. And if you look at Jesus' life, there there are reoccurring patterns that you see over and over and over again of these were the things that he just thought were so critical in his life. These are the things that he built his life upon. 
And when I start thinking about my life and I think, what are the patterns, what are the things that I make a priority in my life? Because Jesus had some things that are a priority in his life as I see those patterns. And I start looking at my life, and my patterns, honestly, are pretty sorry. If I'm really transparent with myself and honest with myself, my patterns are very self-serving. My patterns are all about building my kingdom, not necessarily following after the pattern of Jesus building his father's kingdom. And so Jesus knowing this and God knowing this, I think he really lays out, hey, hey, I'm going to give you the fundamental aspect of this is how you truly know me. This is how you truly know my heart, and this is truly the pattern you have to build off of. And it comes out of Matthew 6.33, and it says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. That's what Jesus says. That's it. That is the big ticket item of the day. That's the scripture that we have that we're going to spend some time in. And I think as we dig deep into this scripture, man, God is going to show us some things about seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and allowing all the other things to be added to our life. And today I brought some props with me. I love props. I love doing these things. And, and I used uh, this illustration a long time ago, but I, most of you weren't here, so it doesn't matter. So I'm going to use it again. Uh, it's a beautiful thing about being around for a while. But this is, this is the reality of our lives is that we, we're, this is the, the current you and this is the imagined you. And I want to signify this is this is a day in your life. A day in your life, and what I have here is a bucket full of rice uh, because I just like rice. And so, and it's what I had at my house to use. So we have a bucket full of rice, and it, it represents time in your day. And we all have the same amount of hours in a day. Every single one of us was given 24 today, right? 24 hours. We all got, unless you're going to die in between now and then, we all got 24. That's what we all got. And so we're all limited on our time. And we all fill our time. We have stuff going on, don't we? And so what happens is, is we all, most of us work. And so that fills up about 50 hours of our life. Anybody tired of work? I mean, there's a lot of that. Then we just have normal everyday-to-day routines like putting on some pants, getting dressed. Thankfully, you all came dressed today. We appreciate that. Um, we have brushing our teeth. You know, that's one of our activities. Maybe some flossing. How many of you guys floss? Okay, so we got to take some of that out. Not very many of you. Uh, how many of you guys exercise? Okay, we'll put a little bit back in. You know, we got, we got some of that. We've got, uh, you know, we've got activities. We've got errands. Any single people, you're in the dating mode. Single people, raise your hand. Where are the single people at? Raise them high. There's your options. Look around. Look around real quick. Okay. And people wish they were single. Don't raise your hand. Okay, where are the parents at? Parents at? Raise your hands high. Tell me when to stop because you got Johnny going to baseball. You got Susie going to football. You got it going on. And then we just got, we just got everything else in life. I mean, we, just, we, we, have some, we have some TV to watch. You know, that fills up a lot of time. And then finally, we have this much left over and we, do, we sleep. Okay, so there is our, yeah, awesome. There is our day. I mean, we just, man, that's, that's a full day right there. Like, I got tired talking about your day. And a lot of us, we go, man, man, my life, you can leave it there. Don't worry about it. It's a bucket. It's not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> our lives are full. And if I were to go, man, hey, here's three or four things that I need you to add to your life, you're going to go, there is no way in this world that I have time or I have capacity 
to take on two or three or four or five more things. I mean, my life is just maxed out because that is the reality of our lives in society. We're just maxed out. I mean, to think about it, the fact that for most of us, we commute to work. We spend, the average person spends 75 minutes of their day commuting to and from work. That's an hour and 15 minutes of your day, gone. You're going to spend six months of your life at a red light with somebody honking at you behind you and you just, you waving with one finger. I mean, it's going to be incredible. But our lives are full. And if we were to look at our lives and, and we were to put it in the context of Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. There are some things that we should be building our life upon that we, we haven't even talked about. And yet our life is completely full. And if we're to look at the context of Jesus and saying, hey, man, this is, this is an important thing. If I'm going to give you something, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness what are some of the patterns? What are some of the things that we see in Jesus' life that are probably pretty critical for us if we're going to truly, truly know God? And so I just took some tennis balls and a Sharpie, and I just wrote some things that I thought, seeing some patterns of Jesus' life that I think are really, really critical for all of us. And the first one is this. I put a T on a tennis ball for time with God. Having some time with God personally every single day is one of the most critical things you can do. And if you look at Jesus' life, what you see as a reoccurring theme is that Jesus always made time with God a priority. You see, right before he ever even started ministry, he went and spent 40 days in the desert. Why? Because he wanted to spend time with God. You look at Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. And he went to a solitary place where he prayed. In essence, this is the verse that makes me not like Jesus very much. Because who wants to get up at the crack of dawn and go see God? But yet, that was the pattern of his life. You look at in Mark chapter 6, after he feeds the 5,000, he does this incredible miracle. You think he's on cloud nine. The very next thing he does is he goes to a solitary place up on the mountain and spends time with God. All throughout Jesus' life, even up to the very end, where he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he's about to be taken captive by the Roman centurions, what is he doing there? He's spending time with God. Just this reoccurring pattern of priority in Jesus' life is that he was spending time with God. It's like Jesus is trying to teach us this fundamental, important issue of our life, that if, if we're going to have a deep, intimate relationship with God where we truly know him, one of the fundamental things that we're going to have to do is we're going to have to spend quality time with God. And for some reason, and I don't know why this is, we think that we're, we don't have to spend any time with God and we're going to grow in our relationship with God. We think that we can get away with an hour a week out of our 100 and whatever amount of hours, 128, I don't know how many hours in a week, seven times 24, you do that in your head. Okay, that, that many hours, you, you think that an hour of that at church is going gonna, is gonna to grow your relationship with God, and that's just ludicrous, just crazy. And our lives get so filled and so busy that we miss out on some of the most important things. In fact, it was, it was quite a few months ago, we, we had this, this couple, they were, they're struggling, and, and one day uh, he said something to her that ticked her off, 
and, and she ended up leaving, and she came over to our house, and she's like, I'm never going back to him, and she's like, I told my sister, and my sister said he's a dirtbag, and, and I was reading this, and I think this, and I remember this lady is sitting on our couch, and we're just listening to her tell us all these different people's perspectives, what she thinks, what this podcast says, what her sister says, and finally, we just look at her, and I remember sitting there, and I just go, you know what Psalms 46.10 says? And what you need right now, it says, be still and know that I'm God. We have so much chaos going on in our life. We have so much activity that's happening all around us. We have so many things tugging for our time, our attention, our affection. And what some of us need to do here today, and this is for somebody here, is you need to know to be still and know that he is God. You need to slow down a little bit. Stop trying to fill your life with so many things and find some space where you reduce the noise, you reduce the podcasts, you reduce the TV, you reduce Dr. Phil, and you spend some time with God. You just got to be still and know that he is God. I think another pattern that you see all throughout Jesus' life is, and I'll put a C here, it's for community. Community. You see that Jesus' life was very much about community. And the older that I'm getting, the more and more that I'm realizing the importance and the value of relationships. When I was younger, I could really care less about friendships. I was like, I don't need them. I'll just get another one if I need one. But as I'm getting older, I'm realizing the important and the value of the people that are in my life. And I'm so thankful that I have some incredible people in my life. I'm so thankful that I have an incredible wife who is my best friend on the face of this earth in my life. I'm so thankful that I have some, some people that I've been doing a connect group with that I, I've, I've learned a lot about and we shared experiences and we've challenged one another and we've all grown in that experience. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for some mentors that are in my life that speak into my life and encourage me and rebuke me and, and help me move forward in my relationship with God. I'm so thankful for the people that I have around me and I'm blessed by those. But if I'm real honest with myself, I constantly skimp on those relationships because of activity. I get caught up and I need to be here. I need to go there. I need to accomplish this. And the thing that I know is the most beneficial thing for my life, going deeper and more intimate in those relationships is the very thing that I ignore. And as I look at Jesus' life, I see that while Jesus was constantly busy, people were always his priority. It didn't matter what his task was or where he was going. It didn't matter if it was the Roman centurion who just needed some of his time or if it was the woman at the well who was by herself in Samaria or if it was the woman with the issue of blood who just came up and touched him. It didn't matter where he was going or what he was doing. When it came to people, Jesus always made the person the priority. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to be more than just accomplishing another task or writing another sermon or spending time at the office. I want it to be so much more than that. And the only way that that's going to happen is if I carve out time for relationships that are important. And I'm honestly, I, I really sucked at this this past week. Um, last week we, was a really, really busy week for us as, as a whole, Shayla and I, and, and 
Thursday night, we had something going on. And then Friday night, we were out. We were doing some counseling with some people. Then Saturday, we, I was at an outreach all day. Shayla was preparing stuff for the family fun day and beach baptism. And then Sunday came around and, and up at 3 a.m., preached multiple services. As soon as we got done tearing down this place, we went straight out to Pompano Beach and we baptized over 30 people last weekend. Incredible seeing people change their lives. It's a beautiful thing. Especially when it's terrible weather, people showing up and saying, man, I want to I make a profession. I want to take my next step. Incredible. And at the end of that, it's getting to 6 o'clock, and I'd gotten invited to go hang out with a friend down at a concert in Miami. And I was like, I looked at Shayla, and I said, I don't want to go hang out with him. I want to go home and go to bed. I don't know about you, but there's some days where you just spend so much time. If you see another person, you just, like, want to kill them. Anybody else like that? Like I just like I was like I just want to murder somebody right now. As much as I love this guy, like I don't want to do that. And Shayla's like, you need to go. You you committed yourself to it. And I was like, I was I was angry. And uh and I went down to this concert and um and and it ended up we ended up having an incredible seats. In fact, there's a picture of it here. This is my best friend Jordan. And uh, we're actually sitting on the second row uh, in front of like Hillsong and Carrie Job and all these incredible people. There's a whole bunch of coastal people. They were up in nosebleeds. We turned around and waved at them. We're like, y'all suck. Uh, and and I, was, I, I so didn't want to be there. But the moment I got there, I forgot about the power of community until I got there. Because what I needed more than anything else was to spend time with somebody that I knew that didn't judge me that didn't care about the position or the title that I had that was just, that just loved me for who I am. And I could be real with, and I could be authentic with, that I could laugh with, that I could tear up a little bit with. And as important as that was for me, what was even more important is it was really important for him. See, uh, there's actually another picture that we have here of, uh, this is Jordan and his wife Kristen, and that's their son Cohen, but this is their daughter Charlotte. And if you notice, that is a hospital room. Um, they've spent the last couple of months in the hospital doing chemo for their daughter. Um, she's like 16 months old. And so they've been living in all children's hospital in Tampa, going through this crazy chemo treatment. And this was his one opportunity to get away. And what he wanted to do is he wanted to spend that with me. And as important as it was for me, it was way more important for him. And sometimes we miss out on some of the most important meetings of our life. Some of the most important encounters because we never carve out time for them. We fill up our calendars with more and more and more. And as we fill up our calendars more and more and more, we see the hurt, the pain, the need, the love that other people need less and less and less. And if we don't make that a priority, it's never going to naturally, we ne never naturally fall into it. Because I'm going to guess you're probably a lot like me, and my natural default is always going to be, it's about me. Where God and Jesus gave us this pattern where he's, he's like, it's not about me, it's about other people. It's about making time for community. There's another one here. 
that Jesus really made a priority, and it's an S, and it stands for serving. Serving was a, a critical thing for Jesus, and uh, and I've just learned that it's a critical thing in my life. A couple months ago, uh, I flew up to Columbus and was picking up a vehicle that we had been given as a church and was driving it back. And as I was getting back, I had a sermon that I had to finish up. And I got back on a late Thursday night. And so I'm finishing up this sermon on Friday. And, and that night we had some, some things that we had to do. And so we had to go to that. And the next morning we had to serve Saturday. And I was like, I looked at Shayla and I said, I don't want to go serve anybody. I want to lay in bed. I want to I spend some time on my own. I said, this week has been busy. She said, but your your the boss and so you have to show up and I was like that's the reason I am the boss so I don't have to show up and and uh she's like that's not how it works and and I remember I was like I don't want to go like I was mad and I remember showing up to that that that, that serve Saturday and and I was I was literally angry as I was walking I finished up my connect group I, I go out to Collier City and I was like I, I, I hate everybody here right now because I'm here um uh, and that day, I happened to be out there. I like to hold the sign saying free hot dogs. I don't know. It's just my thing. Um, and, and dance with John Vogel uh, as we go out there and try to get people to come get hot dogs. And, and this, this older uh, gentleman walks up to me, and he starts talking to me. And, and I don't really want to talk. I just want to hold a sign. That's why I hold the sign, so I don't have to talk to anybody. And uh, so he starts talking to me, and he starts sharing with me his life. And before long, he's sharing some of the hurts and some of the things that he's experiencing. And, and that day, I got to pray with this guy. And to see just a transformation of somebody caring enough to listen and then to care enough to pray of this guy walking away down the street with some Kool-Aid and his hot dog and some hope. And I remember coming home from that experience and going, man, I wouldn't trade that for all the money in the world. And then I thought about it and I was like, I would trade it for some money in the world. It just it would have to be a large amount. Um, but it, it really big. I mean, like millions. Uh, yes, I can be bought. No, I'm just. But I just think about that experience of serving people. And I think about the opportunity that was there and that I would have missed that based on what I wanted. Because I forget what Ephesians tells us. It tells us we are God's workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he created in advance for us to do. The God's plan for your life and God's plan for my life was to be a life of service. And what I realized in that moment is, is that the reason why that felt so good, the reason why that felt so right. The reason why it feels so good in your life and why it feels so right in your life when you go and you serve somebody else is because that is what you were designed to do. You were designed to make an impact in somebody else's life. You weren't just saved so you could go to heaven and celebrate. You were saved to serve. In fact, we have a value here that saved people serve people. Why? Because it's the very pattern of Jesus. He had the hope of heaven, and the very essence of what his life was about is, is how do I bring that to other people? How do I make it about someone else rather than just me? And I think that Mother Teresa summed it up so good in this quote. She says, I am a little pencil in the hand of a writing God 
who is sending a love letter to the world. What she's saying is she's saying, man, our role is that our life is to be this ink that is communicating God's love to a lost and dying world. And the only way it's going to communicate that is if we get beyond ourselves and realize that it's all about the other ones that are out there. And how true is that, that that being used by God is the very way and the very nature of how God expresses his love to other people. He shows his love through our lives. So serving is a huge pattern of Jesus' life. And then the fourth one is, uh, I just put a question mark because I just thought about this. What's missing in your life? Because we all have something that is missing in our life, whether that's prayer, whether that's solitude, whether that's that's fasting, maybe that's for you trusting God with your finances and tithing, maybe for you that's getting in community in a connect group. I don't know what it is for you, but what is missing in your life? Now, what's interesting is that if I were to walk out and I were to say, hey, let, let me just ask you this. Do you think that Spending time with God is important to your relationship with God. Do you think that spending some time in his word and spending time in prayer, do you think that that's going to be extremely important to you knowing God better? Like all of us would agree and go like, yeah, man, I think that that's a critical element to my faith. If I were to say, what about community? What about having some people that love you enough to tell you the truth, that encourage you, that build you up, but also will call you out, that will hold you accountable? Don't you think, do you think that that's an important element to your faith? Most of us would go, man, that's, that's really, really critical to my faith. What about serving, that it's important for you to not just live for yourself, but live for other people and use the gifts and the talents and the things that God has given you to impact other people's lives. You go, man, I think that that's probably a pretty critical element to my faith. Like all of us would agree that these things are important. The problem is, is while we think these things are so important, our lives are so busy that it's virtually impossible for us to add more than maybe one or two of these things to our life. And what we try to do is we try to force these things into our life, but our life is not built around the idea of seeking first, and so we're trying to add God to our life. And no matter how much we try to cram him in there, he just never fits with everything else being the priority. First. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to squeeze these things into our lives when the reality is is these are the most critical elements to us developing our faith walk with God. And no matter how hard we try to cram them in, we just can't. That's why Jesus said, seek first. Otherwise, these things just don't seem to fit. There's a quote that I wrote down in my Bible a long time ago, and it says this. It says, the danger for us is that we will live decent, respectable, non-scandalous lives, but they will be busy, tired preoccupied lives and I just know that God has called us to so much more than a non-scandalous decent respectable life he's got so much more and I mean that's okay if you want to settle for the current you but if you're going to bridge this gap between the current you in the imagined you, if you're going to make that 
that jump to who God has called you to be? Some things are going to have to be different. And I know what the pushback is. Some of you guys are going to say, but TJ, you don't understand. You don't understand what's going on in my life. You don't understand how busy my life is. And because my life is so busy, someday I'll make these a priority. And that's the problem. Someday is the problem. Because what you're going to say is, you know what, man, my life is just so crazy right now, man. My kids are at this younger age, and i got to get them to this practice, and i got to get them to this sport, and they got to go to this activity. And when life slows down, then someday I'll change that. Or you say, you don't understand, man, my business is taking off, man, the economy is starting to come back right now. And if I don't take advantage of this moment, then I'll miss out on it, and someday I'll get to those things. And the problem with someday is someday is always another day, and it's never today. And believe me, I understand you're busy, and you're running around, and you're trying to make all this stuff work in your life. But my question is, do you really believe when Jesus said, seek first? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Do you believe that? Because here's the deal. It's not what you believe. It's what you do. And so what if we just went crazy? We just did something way outside the box in our lives. And we said, you know what? Instead of filling our lives first, what we're going to do is we're going to choose to seek first the kingdom of God. We're going to choose to seek first his his kingdom and his righteousness and we're going to spend time with God and we're going to make community a priority and we're going to make serving an intricate part of our life and we're going to fill our life and we're going to make sure that whatever is missing is there and then what we're going to do is we're going to allow God to seek first the kingdom of God and then he's going to add all these other things, the work, the activities, all of that stuff in our lives. He's going to make all those things. He's going he's to allow all those things to happen in our life and then we're going to go and we're going to fill it up. What if we were to do that? I mean, I'm not talking about being irresponsible in life, but what I'm talking about is saying, if we don't make Jesus a priority in life, he will never fit into our life. Because Jesus doesn't want to be in the back seat of your rod. He doesn't want to be in the trunk of your rod. He wants to be in the driver's seat of your destiny. And the only way that he fits is he's not an add-on. He's not a feature that you get to add onto your package list. He is the feature. He's the center. He is the everything. And until we get that and we make that the first priority, we're going to be missing out on knowing God's purpose and his plan for our life. And the reason I know that this is true is because I know this verse firsthand in my life. See, I was living that decent, respectable, non-scandalous life. I was working at a church. I was, I had a maid. Get to do the easiest job in the world, which is hang out with people. It's great. Had all of our family around. Everything in our life was easy peasy. And one day while I'm on a sabbatical, this verse comes to my mind. Seek first the kingdom of God. And I didn't get it at first. It took me about 18 days to get it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. He's saying, are you going to put me first in your life? Because right now, your comfort, your, your priorities are the first thing in your life. 
And when all of a sudden I started realizing that man, God has something bigger and better for my life, if I change my priority from TJ being at the center of everything to God being at the center of everything, it'll change everything. And you know what happened? The idea of Coastal Community Church was birthed out of that moment. And you're sitting here today because TJ and Shayla decided to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know what the addition of that is? It's lives. It's over a thousand lives who have given their lives to Jesus in our almost six years of existence. It's the hundreds of people that have made a public profession through water baptism. And see, God isn't a respecter of person. He didn't just do that for Shayla and I. This is, this is a promise for every man, woman, and child in here that if you'll seek first God's kingdom, you'll put him as the priority. Man, he'll add some things to your life that will absolutely blow your mind. Not saying it's going to be easy. Not going to say it's always going to be nice and fun and it's going to be rainbows and butterflies. But I will tell you this. It will be life transforming, not only for you, but for every person you come in contact with. Today's the day to go from let's experience God to have the hope of heaven to let's know God by living in his pattern in our life, by putting him first in everything. Let's pray. God, we just come before you and I thank you that, that you set the tone for us, Jesus, by saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And this is what I know is that we, a lot of us, we're living some boring, irrelevant, non-scandalous lives. And we've made a lot of other things the priority. We've made relationships the priority. We've made success the priority. We've made our careers the priority. We've made ourselves the priority. And today's maybe the day that you need to reset your compass to the priority of being, man, I'm going to put Jesus first in my life. Maybe you're here and you need to do that for the very first time. Maybe you're here and you need to come back to him because he used to be first and some other things supplanted him in that process. And it's really simple. It starts with a prayer. It starts with you saying, God, I don't just want you as my Savior. I want you as my Lord. And I realize what you did on the cross 2,000 years ago was so that I could have life and I could have it more abundantly. So that not only could I have life, but I would live a life that's following you following your pattern, following your lifestyle. So God, I accept your love, I accept your forgiveness, and I commit today to following you in every single aspect of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.